Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. What's up, y'all? It's Jeff Cobb, and you're listening to Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show on Social Suplex Podcast Network. You're listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show. Listener discretion is advised at all times. Hello and thank you once again for downloading and listening to another episode of the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show, part of the Social Suplex Podcast Network. I am Clive and unfortunately yet again Ricky is unable to be with us this week. They, they actually had something of a heart scare at the weekend there and had to go into hospital. Don't worry, he's fine, he's out, just had a couple of complications with an ongoing heart issues um, and he asked me to pass it on. From what I remember last week, the Uncle Ricky hashtag didn't really get get any arms or legs, so he's looking for a hashtag sympathy for Ricky. So please get that trending worldwide once you've heard this podcast. But all joking aside, get well soon, Ricky, and forget about the podcast and stuff. Just make sure you get better. So the plans for this week were to do a double parter, one episode to be released this week and one next week with a, a sort of retrospective of the year 2019 and wrestling as a whole. It's obviously been a big year. Lots of things have happened. And I wanted to give this a sort of special attention over two weeks in the lead up to the festive period. And I do occasionally do some podcasts on my own, but I felt it was a big occasion and we were just looking for some guests to discuss this with me. And a couple of members over the next couple of episodes have come to my rescue. Ladies and gentlemen, returning to the show for his second stint on the podcast, uh, Badlands Radio, no, Chairshot Radio's Badlands podcast, and uh, the mind, the brain, ah, my brain's gone, what's it called? The brainchild, the mastermind of Five Nerds Go, although I might just be making that. <laughs> I don't think I'm either of those, but, but to be fair, I don't think anyone in Five Nerds Go can uh, lay claim to, to either of those monikers. But I am, a, I am a five nerds go. I am. <laughs> yes, he is one of the five nerds. And welcome back, Paul Tolley. Thank you very much for coming on tonight at short notice. You're welcome. It's a bit It's a bit like uh, taking Gareth Bale off and some centre midfielder from Shrewsbury on. Uh, but but I'll, do, I'll do my best to get well soon, Ricky. And then that um, centre mid from Shrewsbury comes on and scores a hat-trick and is remembered in history forever. <laughs> could happen. It could. Could. You never know. So tonight what we'll do is we're going to go through the first half of 2020. It's not even 2020. My God, I'm having a, a rotten start tonight. I'm rubbing off on you. This is usually what I do. <laughs> uh, 2019. 
2019, so January all the way up to June. Obviously, a lot of shit went down in the second half of the year, which we will get to next week. But this first half was still a very eventful time on and off the screen. So I have a few bullet points for each month. But, Paul, I'd like to throw the ball in your court for January. What were the things that you can remember the most? And whether it's good, bad, ugly, what has stuck out the most for you from January of this year? Yeah, well, January was the biggie for me because second uh, of January, I got on a plane to Tokyo um, oh, to go right. take in Wrestle Kingdom. So it was all about January for me this year. Um, but just before I get onto that, first of January, the well, the, the the New Year's Eve, in fact, at twelve o'clock, that was when being the elite, not being the elite, uh, all elite wrestling was announced. Um, yes. If you remember, it was uh, I think it was a live episode of being the elite. Um, and the Young Bucks and Cody and I think it was Hangman and under the under the lights of the Tokyo Dome announced all elite wrestling for the first time. So kind of from the very first seconds of uh twenty nineteen, uh, it was gonna you knew it was gonna be a big one for wrestling. So see with did you know this was happening these guys were going before Wrestle Kingdom? Well, it, uh, um, not until, well. It, there was a lot of rumours that all elite wrestling was going to be a thing, wasn't it? Uh-huh. So this kind of this announcement kind of gave away a couple of results from yes, I was wrestling going Kingdom, to ask. which I was which, which which I was a little pissed about. But uh, I, I was a little bitter towards AEW for a long time right. at the beginning because of because of that. But I did I did um, I did admire that Kenny Omega didn't announce anything. He was he was in the main event of Wrestle Kingdom fighting, uh-huh. defending his IWGP Championship, and uh, he very, in my in my view, very professionally and very courteously, didn't announce he was leaving for AEW until after that match. Yep, that was the um, Tanahashi match. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, against Tanahashi in the in the main event. So yeah, I was I was very lucky, very blessed to be in a in Tokyo to, to take in Wrestle Kingdom. Um, which was just basically best time of my life, um, best week, best best week of my life. Um, Tokyo's amazing place. Uh, anyone, right. even even if you do, even if you don't want to go watch wrestling, you don't you're not a New Japan fan. Go to Tokyo. It's absolutely mind blowing. Um, nothing you see on TV prepares you for for how amazing it is. Um, but yeah, I went. Uh, I've been a, become a big New Japan fan over the last three years, say. Mm-hmm. And um, and uh, decided to why not um, go and go and watch it. So um, yeah, the, the big highlight for me, Wrestle Kingdom, uh, and like you said, Kenny Omega versus Tanahashi for the IWGP Championship was brilliant. Mm-hmm. One of my favourite matches of of the year, and um, two of my favourite matches of the year have been um, Kazuchika Okada versus Jay White, because I just think they're yes. the perf- they're the perfect hero and villain. Uh-huh. Face and heel, I, I, I think their dynamics fantastic in every match they have. It, the crowd is a hundred percent on Okada's side, and I love that. I, I, I love that atmosphere. It's quite rare to have that in the Western wrestling world. It is, yeah. Um, and it was just an amazing experience, and one I'll one I'll remember forever. It's interesting that you said your highlight had two of your favourite matches of the whole year, because uh, one of our highlights. Ricky was there for it, was TakeOver Blackpool. And we had... Now, bear in mind, I follow ICW quite a lot. 
but I don't really know much of what goes on in the English independent wrestling scene. So I wasn't really aware of, up until they started doing this sort of tag team title tournament on NXT UK, of the Grizzled Young Veterans and their match with Mustache Mountain just blew me away. I know you I know you don't watch NXT UK, but did you catch that um, takeover at all? I did I did catch that takeover, yeah. And yeah. and even though I don't I don't watch NXT UK, I'm I'm familiar with a lot of them from um from Progress and kind yes. of some of the other uh, uh, English independents. Does that match as that match as well and obviously the main event with Joe Coffey and Pete Dunne. For anyone listening to the show, you'll know that there's a heavy bias with regards to Joe Coffey. <laughs> uh, and I'm not going to deny it either, but I just really liked that match. It was the first time in a while that it felt as if, again, it's probably biased, but something told me that Joe Coffey was going to win. Obviously, that wasn't the case, but I'll remember and saying that with your two matches being in January and mine being in January as well. It just shows the caliber of wrestling that we had at that first month. It was an amazing month, um, and, and, late, and later you went on to uh, Royal Rumble as well, which I, I thought was a, a fantastic pay per view. Um, Royal Rumble this year, it was. That was I'd have that down as well. Where both Seth and Becky, soon to be betrothed, um, won the respective Royal Rumbles. So that will be a, a pattern to look look towards in the future. So whoever wins. Their respective rumbles, they'll end up getting married a year or so later. <laughs> It'd be amazing if that came 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 to be true. Uh, <laughs> I I loved that Becky Lynch moment in in the Royal Rumble where uh, she because she wasn't in the Royal Rumble and she came down and demanded to be put in it. Uh-huh. And I think was it was it Fit Finley? Eventually, just said, "Right, go Aye. on, get on with it. You, you've got a you've got a place." She stood up to Mister Finley himself, which is no no mean feat. Uh, what I liked about what I, Royal Rumbles is a lot of people's favourite time of the year because of the Royal Rumble match itself, but I like more so the matches out with those. And I thought the Becky versus Asuka match was excellent, but the Ronda Rousey versus Sasha Banks match was fantastic. I really, really enjoyed that. That's one of those moments where Sasha was just firing in a, on all cylinders. So, and Seth, this was before all this bullshit happened with him being public enemy number one, so it was a feel-good moment. Both the uh, fan favourites won the Rumbles, and it was... Yeah. I'm not sure if this officially happened in January or if it was announced beforehand, but it was around the time where Vince and company started saying the fans will get what they want. Of course, yeah. Uh, and it kind of did happen with a few things. Obviously, there's things littered throughout which didn't go the way the majority wanted, but that's professional wrestling for you. Well, well I, I think it's kind of delayed, and obviously you're talking about the, the la- latter half of the year with um, Darren later uh, next week. Um, mm-hmm. But I think you're starting to see now fans getting a lot more of what they want. Obviously, with uh, with competition over the fence, that's obviously yes. necessitated it. But um, yeah, I think WWE have come a, a long way since since 2018. Well. It was um, no more the case than with Kofi Kingston, who, moving on to sort of February time, that was the start of Kofi Mania. I think Elimination Chamber was February, and then yeah, it I... was. Is that right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Obviously, he wasn't. He wasn't. He wasn't in the match. Um, it was originally. It was originally Mustafa Ali who I got know. injured. 
and then it all just sort of come together and that rise it was constantly with Vince saying the fans will get what they want it was constantly nah we'll just put this other hurdle in front of Kofi but it just made fans clamour more and more for him to get, get to that stage but we'll obviously get to that when we touch on April but this was also the birth of the women's tag team titles now this has been met with some disdain or apathy from some people what are your thoughts on the the tag t- the women's tag titles now the legacy so far it's exact, exactly the same as the male tag team titles i don't think they're being i don't think they're being disrespected because they're women's tag team titles i, mm-hmm. I think wwe just don't care for tag teams very much um, possible yeah and at the moment, their, their, their women's division isn't. I don't. I didn't think this at the time, and I think I still think it now. Their women's division wasn't um, didn't have enough depth yeah. to merit the, a tag team titles at that point. Because because you're taking two two good wrestlers out of out of the pool of women's championship contenders, then and, mm-hmm. and you know you've got two women's championship belts as well. So it just dilutes it all a bit too much for me. So I, I like it as an idea, but I don't think. I don't think the time was right. I think it was a bit of, again, a bit of fan service. Uh-huh. The, there's been a lot of women injured this year as well, which has certainly not helped things. Uh, yeah. It just seems like there's always someone on the subs bench. So there was a time, obviously, the Iconics won it at WrestleMania, which I thought they did. Although they weren't exactly doing fantastic things in the ring, their online presence was peerless. I thoroughly enjoyed the stuff that they were doing. And I, don't yeah, know, I, I love remember. the Iconics. I love the Iconics. Do you remember that gif that was going about of Peyton Royce like moshing out to some heavy metal? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's my that's the gif of my year. That is amazing. <laughs> it, it's the, it's the backstage stuff with uh, with Kayla. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Kayla. <laughs> it gets me every time. It never gets boring. I know it's amazing. Yeah. I, I think they they were good they were good women's tag team champions. Yeah. I think so. In terms of just entertainment, they were. And since then we've had Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross and now the Kabuki Warriors. I think Kabuki Warriors are doing well. They're featured prominently. Uh they've had title defences on NXT as well as the main well, they're all main roster now technically, but on Raw and SmackDown. So I think there were some teething issues with regards to how to expose it, how to utilise the women's tag team scene, but it seems to be doing quite well so far. So we got there eventually. Yeah, definitely. I just my reservation again is is As Asker and Kyrie being in the being the holders of those tag titles means the the title the the main title division is still the same old faces. And yeah. That that's a that's just a worry for me, and I I really miss Ronda. I want to see Ronda come back. I thought I thought she was. You mentioned it yourself that the match against Sasha was brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think she'd really hit her flow, and uh, and she is missed. I wouldn't say that I missed her. I was very sceptical at the start. Just I was very much of the mindset that she's come in completely green, and she's not great on the mic. She's quite rough in the ring, unsafe looking. But I did grow to like her eventually, and I think it came from a place of there were a lot of Becky Lynch stands out there, and it was just grating <laughs> on me. It's like, right, listen, what what Rhonda's saying isn't actually as bad as Becky says. 
So I started to root for her from that side of things. And when she they turned heel and she did that video, do you remember the video where she was like, this is all fucking fake? And Oh, yeah, yeah. She, she became monster heel at that point in my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> well, she, she was the female Brock, wasn't she? Mm-hmm. she like, I've almost like, I've got no respect for this. I'm going to hold the title anyway because uh-huh. I can be champion, but I don't I don't respect you and I don't respect the company and uh-huh. I'm just going to do what I'm going to do and earn money. And I like that. I like that in a heel. Yeah. Sometimes it's... You don't want to bow to fans' demands all the time, but see when a heel turn's required, you can tell. And I think that was definitely one of those instances. Definitely, yeah. Definitely. I've not got much else from February, but I'm pretty sure that's when reports of... Uh, a certain Dean Ambrose's contract expiring naturally came to be. Uh, was that February or around that time? Oh, I think I feel like it was. A, it might have been a little bit earlier. It might be in February because uh-huh. I've got I've got February as um, Roman Reigns announced he was in remission. So so Roman yes, Reigns came back as well. So I, I had a feeling Dean Ambrose's contract talks was a little bit earlier than that because he because obviously did the whole thing about Roman Roman deserved his cancer or, uh, or whatever, whatever, whatever terrible promo he was. See, when you say that out loud, it sounds really bad. Doesn't it? it does. Yeah. But he did say it. He did. <laughs> he did. Yeah. And the other thing I had from February, again, go, going back to Japan, even though it happened uh, in, oh no, it did happen in Japan. Ignore me. Um, Jay White became IWGP champion. Um, mm-hmm. So, Hiroshi Tanahashi had beaten Kenny Omega at Wrestle Kingdom, and then his first defense was against Jay White, the basically everybody hates. And again, uh-huh. he silenced the entire arena by beating Tanahashi and becoming champion. Um, which again was for me was a fantastic moment because I, I do love the I do love how much he's hated. <laughs> was there ever a stage where you weren't a fan of Jay White? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, when he debuted. Uh, not, when he came back from his excursion to New Japan, um, he came back as the Switchblade. So he had his character, and he fought Tanahashi at, I think it was last year's Wrestle Kingdom, the, the previous years. I thought, personally, I, I thought that match was very boring. I didn't like his style; it was very slow. Um, wasn't exciting at all. And, and for uh, for the majority of 2018, I wasn't a fan of him. Um, but then he just he joined the Bullet Club obviously became the leader of Bullet Club and turned, just turned his bastard up to, to, to 11. And, his bastardometer. Yeah. And, <laughs> and just the things, the things he was doing was perfect. So obviously you had Kushida left New Japan to go join um, NXT. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was having his farewell and Hiroshi Tanahashi was there giving him his farewell. And Jay White crashed it and, and beat Tanahashi up and ruined the moment. And, you know stuff like that in Japan. That is that that's unforgivable. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think he, he's an amazing heel. He's my favorite heel in uh, in wrestling. Of all of wrestling, that's quite the the accolade. Current, current, current. Uh huh. Um, still though, that's not that same um, good going. Uh, that kind of links us in. Unless you have any more for February, to quite sad news from March. If you've got anything from February 1st? No, February. Um, done. Like I said, I was happy to... Well, obviously, everyone was happy Roman was back. Um, of course. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, that, that was, that a, was that, a good moment. That was that was, that was was big news. It was. And uh, 
I think you can tell from his time being back, he seems to just be out there enjoying himself just now. Yeah, it's it's completely. It seems to have completely changed his demeanour. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, he's uh, you don't want to put words in his mouth, but he seems like you say he seems to be living life out there now. And uh, it probably comes from a he's wanting to live life to the fullest in general. Yeah, definitely. But the with regards to one of the best heels in the business at the moment in March, we found out that a certain Tommaso Champa had to take had to have neck surgery, like urgent, urgent neck surgery. Yeah. For, for fear of paralysis, and that put all the plans in the um, up in the air with regards to NXT takeover, New Jersey or New York, and it was just so sudden because they were involved in the Dusty Classic, and then they did the angle with Johnny Gargano, basically screwing Champa, revenge for all that time they've been at each other's throats, and then he's gone, and it just felt just shock. It was bizarre. He was just suddenly completely out of the picture, and like I said, for for for, for quite long, you know, reasonably long term as as well. Um, mm-hmm. There was no real news of when he was due to come back or how long that kind of injury would last. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was really bizarre. But for, for me, I, I I see him as the natural successor to Triple H. I think he he he, he is the next Triple H, and bizarrely, kind of getting this longish term injury exactly like triple h did i, with, I know i know it's with crazy. his uh, with his quad um it just feels like a perfect mirror of triple h's career um and came back to be a baby face as well yeah yeah you can't not um when you That's when true. you rip, when you're ripped away like that and you're such a popular character even if you are a, a an out and out bad guy you you can't then come back as a as a heel because it's just not gonna fly I thought personally the whole Champa Gargano stuff went on a bit too long and it became a bit too contrived, but for the most part I could I could dedicate a whole podcast to Champa's work. Not and not even his wrestling, his character work. I just think he's such a great storyteller. Um he chooses his words and his promos very carefully. Even with just the simple things like when NXT invaded Smackdown a few weeks ago, they're all facing the hard cam, but Champa's looking directly at Adam Cole's belt. It's just those small things. And as I said, I could spend hours talking about that man. He's he's my favourite guy in the whole of wrestling at the moment. Just he can do no wrong. And I winced I winced a lot at the War Games match. I wish he hadn't done it, but <laughs> <laughs> it's done now and he's okay apparently. I don't even, it's one of those things like I, I watch it and try and work out what's the what's the trick here how how does that not <laughs> how does that not hurt uh-huh. I, I don't think there is one now the, remember the program on channel 3 back in the day ITV it was Magician's Biggest Secrets Revealed yeah uh, the guy with the uh, the black and white mask uh huh and Agent Skinner <laughs> from the X-Files was the narrator <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do you know that's on Netflix and my daughter watches it a lot. She loves it. Really? Uh-huh. Oh, I didn't check. I didn't know it was on Netflix. I have to go watch that. And, uh, that Mitch, was re- really corny viewing. That was. I know Mitch Pelleggi's one-liners are oh atrocious and not very PC in this day and age. <laughs> I, I think he would give, give Jerry Lawler and JR and Jim Cornette a run for his money. <laughs> Keep them in jobs. 
But <laughs> <laughs> it's not that bad after all. Um, Sidetrack about X Files. Anyway, uh, again, I seem to have dried up. With, we've kind of touched on Rhonda, her heat, heel heat hyping up throughout that time, and Charlotte also being added into the mix with Becky and Rhonda heading into WrestleMania. Becky was getting the same treatment as Kofi, as in you need to jump over all these hurdles. So the main, like, Kofi mania was running wild. That's actually a poor choice of words when you think about it. It really is, yeah. <laughs> I profusely apologise. Uh, not even to anyone who may be offended, I just apologise to everyone. <laughs> uh, Kofi mania was very popular, but the women's triple threat was... That was just huge. It was huge. The social media exchanges I could have done without, but on TV, the the brawl that had the police cars involved, that was just, that was quote-unquote sports entertainment at its finest. It was amazing. Yeah, the, 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 the three of them throughout were absolutely brilliant. And I, yeah, that, um, that, <laughs> that, that brawl where they got arrested was brilliant. Um, I li- I liked it. All the way from well, I liked it all the way from where um, Charlotte, um, uh, sorry, Becky turned on Charlotte. Um, mm-hmm. Becky became a heel because uh, Charlotte essentially stole the victory, didn't she? Was it Survivor Series? I don't know. I think it was earlier than that. SummerSlam. Uh, SummerSlam. Yeah. Yeah. Going right back there, I think the story from that point up until WrestleMania was absolutely perfect. And a lot of people were saying they were getting bored of it. It was too repetitive. Not for me. I think every stage of that storyline had kind of its own nuance and it was progressing uh-huh. at a, a nice a nice pace rather than trying to get it all done oh yeah quickly, was... quickly. um obviously I, that, I loved it the i did enjoy the story but i was very much in charlotte's camp just just from a, what becky was saying it's like right okay i get it but i think it just came from the the stan culture that we see on Twitter these days, and it just gives me uh, anxiety of the highest order. <laughs> so. I'm, I'm with you on that. Even though I'm a bit of a Shota Umino stand myself, but, uh, but uh-huh. that, I'm the same as you. I've, I've seen. Well, I'm always in Charlotte's camp. Um, I, I absolutely, right. I absolutely adore Charlotte Flair. Um, I think she's amazing. And yeah, going back to that summer, we're talking about 2018 now, but talking about that SummerSlam, <laughs> Charlotte wasn't even in the wrong. She just won the title. That's what she's here to do. I know. And technically, it was Paige that she should have been angry with, but she can't hurt um, someone with a damaged neck. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently not. No, you can't. Uh, Having said that, although uh, I was firmly in Charlotte's camp, Becky's performances in the last woman standing match at Evolution and the TLC match at TLC, they were like top-notch they were easily two of the best matches of 2018 definitely definitely uh, that evolution match was just amazing ah fantastic i can't believe it didn't main event I d- i'll never understand it never <sighs> understand it i keep forgetting that happened and then just yeah, my head again. it was the main event right it was, in everyone's mind that was the main event uh-huh. nobody remembers i couldn't tell you what happened in the in the main event I can, but you might not want to hear it. We don't have to go there again, do we? No. What did happen? What, what? It was uh, Ronda versus Nicola Bella. Why oh, wasn't it? Yeah. 
and Ronda nearly crushed Nikki Bella's neck <laughs> off the turnbuckle. Oh dear. Yeah. Right, so this is the 2018 retrospective. <laughs> <laughs> it was a great year. Yeah. It was, it was a great year. <laughs> so, um, anything else from March from yourself, Paul? Actually, anything from March. Again, my New Japan bias and, and, and my Shota Umino um, standum. Um, mm-hmm. for, for those who don't watch New Japan, Shota Umino is a, a young lion. Um, so he's uh, still... He's, he's still training essentially um he's just he's just now come to the uk for his um i was gonna say extradition and that's not the right word is it <laughs> <laughs> it can be we yeah. can make it the world. i can't remember what the word is where they go abroad and i've already said it on this podcast once already and i've completely forgotten what it is um <laughs> where they go abroad and do do some it's like, a Ras- it's like an excursion it's like erasmus for wrestlers basically um <laughs> And in March, he fought. He, he he got a place in the New Japan Cup and got to fought. Got to fight Hiroshi Tanahashi in an absolutely brilliant match. Um, okay. it kind of that was uh, kind of his moment where right everyone realised he's ready now. He's no longer a young lion. He's ready to he's ready to graduate, if you like. Mm-hmm. And it, it was a, just a wonderful shot where uh, um, I think Tanahashi had gone up the gone up the ramp and was celebrating with the fans. Shota Umino was. Uh, was kind of uh, in pain on the floor because he'd been uh, he'd been tapped out to the t- Texas Cloverleaf, and the Intercontinental title was on the, on the apron, and kind of that was in focus. And Shota Umino was kind of clutching at it, if you like, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it just I think it's New Japan's very good at hinting at what's going to happen in the future. And I think maybe two years down the line, that'll be in some sort of montage package with. Uh-huh. Umino versus Tanahashi for the Intercontinental title. The, we are led to believe that Gado loves his long-term booking, so you never know. Loves his long-term booking. Yeah, you have to be patient. Uh, I'm very patient. <laughs> um, That's all I had for March. March must have been slim pickings. I, I went back through my Twitter. I can't find anything I said about March at all. Yeah, it's, April was obviously the biggie. You had not only WrestleMania, but it's WrestleMania weekend where you've got all these promotions coming along for the three four days yeah did you watch many of them no actually i've not only i've only really got a couple of streaming services that being the network and um icw and icw had a sort of big six-man tag tournament in may that was called the king of honors do you know what a honors is by any chance i have no idea it's how do i translate this uh, you're back up in a fight. Okay. Uh, so it was, we'll talk about that in the May one, but I've, I didn't catch much of it, though, but I did see the NXT and WrestleMania. What about yourself? No, I didn't see much of it either. Like I see I see like really good things um, talked about. Um, is it Bloodsport? Mm-hmm. Where they have, uh, I think they have no ropes and it's kind of almost, almost shoot-style wrestling, isn't it? Um, yes. But I've not actually watched it. Um, a lot of the stuff on the fight tv network it all costs a lot of money and like yourself i've got i've got two subscriptions basically network and new japan so so i only watched um wrestlemania nxt and uh and the new japan show at madison square garden well what we could do is we could watch some of these april shows if we head over to um oh my god i can't remember the name of our sponsor <laughs> is, is it um the same was, as yours I know he's gone from my head as well. Darren always does the plug-in. Power Slam. 
PowerSlam. Yeah. If we head over to powerslam.tv and if we put in the promo code Social Suplex, we could get a nice tasty free month with over 6,000 hours of independent wrestling from around the globe. And I'm sure we'll find some, maybe Bloodsport, maybe MLW in there. So head on there and remember the name unlike yours truly. <laughs> maybe we'll have to reconvene for a, for a March 2019 retrospective. <laughs> we haven't done it just this year. <laughs> we have not. But the the biggest sort of things within WWE was obviously WrestleMania. Uh, Kofi winning the world, the WWE title. Becky winning the women's title, both of them, actually, in the first ever women's main event. What were your thoughts specifically on the pinfall of that match? Because that got a lot of mixed mm. reactions back uh, online. It was very anticlimactic. Um, right. I did, I, for me, I, I didn't... I mean, in the moment, I didn't realise that Becky had won. Right. And you really don't want that feeling in the main event of WrestleMania. But, you know, complete drama as usual. That's ruined WrestleMania. It didn't ruin WrestleMania. It was one... One one moment, their match was brilliant. I thought WrestleMania was outstanding this year. Um, it was best one maybe since thirty, maybe. I've I've really struggled with WrestleMania the past few years. They just feel very bloated. It's um, hard work sometimes. Uh huh. And the the Undertaker matches are very much a chore and just falling out of love with WrestleMania basically. But this year's was good. Uh, that finish. I usually go to see the in-laws for a week in April in Essex. So I was like, I watched WrestleMania about three days after it had actually aired. So I knew everything. Um, so I kind of watched that match intently to see what all the fuss was about. And throughout the match, Becky could not lock on the disarm her. So I think the story they were trying to tell was that I'm not going to be able to beat anyone with a submission. I'll just have to go for the surprise pin. Um so, if that was at a random pay-per-view, you would accept that. But it was WrestleMania in the main event. A lot of eyes were on that. So, I can understand why it came across as a sort of went down like a lead balloon. And the whole thing with Ronda's shoulders not being on the mat. I think that was just a case of Becky getting her free leg underneath. And it just raised Ronda's shoulders just a bit. Pure yeah. physics can't be helped. Can't be helped, and, and again, like I said, it doesn't ruin the match. It doesn't ruin the show. Mm-hmm. It's just just one of those things, isn't it? Uh-huh. Um, I did feel it, it, this, I, even even though this WrestleMania was brilliant, it, it still did have a little bloated section in it. I think um, I think starting with Triple H and Batista. Um, uh, so, I, I usually get a few of the matches now. I remember. <laughs> I don't blame you. I usually love Triple H's WrestleMania matches. I, I'm I am a, a big Triple H fan, mm-hmm. and. I, I love the kind of matches he puts on. Obviously, going back to 2018 again, which we seem to be doing more, <laughs> yeah, yeah, more than yeah. 2019. Yeah, but it, Ronda's debut, Triple H was unbelievable in that. Um, oh. But yeah, Triple H and Batista didn't quite work for me, and it went on a bit too long, and it was just a bit slow and boring. Uh, and then it, I, I can't remember the matches that followed that, but there was a, a run of two or three matches where I thought, oh, it's gonna WrestleMania is gonna lose us here, and then it. Yeah got brought back obviously with Seth beat Brock as well first match of the night I know that was that was a shock and 
It was quite, what I remember most about that was the visual at the end, not just Seth walking back up the ramp, spinning the the belt like WrestleMania 31, but there were spotlights coming up from the ground, lots of smoke or fog in the stadium, and it just looked like a war scene, and it was just such a cool visual. Uh, I might get that as a canvas on my wall one day. Nice <laughs> one, I like that. I just couldn't believe, I couldn't believe Lesnar was coming out first, just couldn't believe it, I know. and it just... That set the set the tone for a for an exciting evening. Uh-huh. Early morning. So I, I skipped. I, I skipped Triple H Batista and the Miz Shane McMahon. I just had no no care for the Shane McMahon Miz thing because I thought going back to 2018 again. The Miz just seemed to have a complete character 180, where he was feeling sorry for himself all of a sudden. It's like, that's not the Miz I know. Saying that his dad only loves him now, that he's a two-time tag champion, forgetting that he's got a beautiful wife, children. Now your dad says he loves you? <laughs> Who, who's the heel in that setup? But the, I think since WrestleMania, the Miz has just... Stocks went for him. Stocks way fallen. I know they've got all these spots to fill on cards and TV, but... He's not as not as big a name as he was a year ago. Certainly not. It's crazy. He's got so much talent. I, I mean, he's, he's he's almost a complete package, really. And yeah. they, they they haven't got many people like that. But for some reason, like you say, his stock's fallen, and he's he's pretty low on their priorities at the moment. Mm-hmm. But that that match I did enjoy. Um, after my, I think that was the match where they did the crazy suplex, su- uh, superplex off the off the rigging, wasn't it? Uh huh. It was. Yeah. Pretty decent WrestleMania spot, a typical Shane McMahon spot. Aye, put yourself in danger spot, basically. Yeah. Uh, biggest story of the night for me that night was Kofi winning. Um, just such a, a wonderfully told story for months leading up to it. And I will say this till I'm blue in the face, that wouldn't have been as magical a moment as it was without Daniel Bryan's uber heel work for all those months leading up to it. Daniel Bryan for the first half of 2019 was personally just untouchable. Amazing work and major hats off to him. Yep, completely agree. I remember we were saying at the beginning um, how rare it is to have that kind of Okada and Jay White um, polarity and mm. Brian and Kofi achieved it as well this, yes. this year. There was not a person in that arena I, I, don't, I don't believe that wanted Daniel Bryan to win. <laughs> I know. And that's Daniel Bryan we're talking about. Yeah, exactly. Oh, some man, some man. They're both some men. Um, a highlight for me in April and Ricky was that we got to see NXT UK in Brayhead, just outside of Glasgow. Big deal for us. Um, that was our first sort of official. We had I'd been on a, a Monday Night Raw that was in Glasgow in 2016, but... This was first night of the tapings, and we were in about three, maybe four episodes. Just great stuff. We had Pete Dunne versus Walter Two. We great had. Stuff, yeah. uh, I didn't make TV, but Zach Gibson called Glasgow a bunch of scumbags, which went down. <laughs> oh, should have heard the place. It was dreadful, like really bad. <laughs> he can elicit a reaction. He's, oh. he's, he's amazing. Uh, and it was the start of, I think we had the Noam Dar, Kenny Williams tag match as well with the Grizzled Young Vets, and it was a great night. So 
they are coming back in July next year. We've already got tickets for that. Looking forward to it. But awesome. Do you, do you go to many shows? I've been to a few. I haven't been to many this year, but I went to quite a few ICW shows last year. Um, they have a a big four, so to speak, and I went to three of them. But I've still not to, been to their actual TV tapings. So, um, if anyone's listening out there who wants to get me a nice Christmas present, the Garage Glasgow ICW TV shows <laughs> help me out. <laughs> Free tickets, come on. Aye. He's even wearing the t shirt. That's right, so I am. Yeah. Cheap plug for ICW. <laughs> doesn't really do much for them on a podcast, I guess. It but, doesn't, no, yeah. but. We need to go to YouTube. I'm actually quite cold. I might cover it up with a jumper soon. <laughs> and I've not got an ICW hoodie. <laughs> so, if you're listening and you feel like giving a Christmas present, then. <laughs> <laughs> any any more April highlights for yourself? Um, no, uh, yeah, uh, New Japan at Madison Square Garden. Yes, uh, they sold out Madison Madison Square. Well, Given all the credit to New Japan, um, Ring of Honor were involved as well, quite catastrophically so. But, <laughs> oh yes, but, um, but they were involved. But selling out at Madison Square Garden, um, huge, huge achievement. Um, Okada won the. Uh, the title of of Jay White, and uh, we had the uh, the crazy um, Enzo and Kejic Shell moment where oh, they uh... <laughs> you can say Kejic Shell Kejic Shell they jumped the barrier in a, a work shoot, wasn't it? I think uh-huh. a work shoot that nobody in New Japan knew about, <laughs> or a work shoot that nobody in New Japan wanted either. Yeah. Oh dear. Uh, that lives long in the memory and they're still arguing about it now um, Enzo and Tamatonga are arguing about it on Twitter right now I've, oh, I've seen it today I don't know I don't know if we're still in the work shoot stage or they're genuinely arguing you, you just don't know anymore I know it's hard to tell with Enzo because he is quite abrasive what, what do you what do you think of, of Enzo I am a well I was until recently very passionate about 205 Life Um. And then he came in and shat on it. So, so, I mean, I get the whole, you're introducing promos and segments to 205 Live and you've got a relatively well-known household name, popular catchphrases, but it's just, Neville was on the form of his life and he he loses to Enzo by a a book to the balls. And he's got all these uh, the, the Zoo Train people under his wing, Gulak, Nice, Da, and Davari, I think. And it's just I uh, started to fall away from two hundred five a bit, and then he left through controversial means. There's obviously debate about what actually happened and stuff, but he was gone, and then two hundred five started to pick up again. So. I don't know. It's just that will always leave a sour taste in my mouth as a. An avid two hundred five fan. Yeah, I get that. See, I I, I don't dislike him. I yeah. I, I, genu- I genuinely don't. I think I've, he's done a lot with. I, I, I'm saying this as someone who's never stepped in the ring in my life, but he's done a lot with very little wrestling talent. His uh-huh. name is still out there. He's still, even if he's getting bad mouth, people are still talking about him, and he hasn't stepped foot in a wrestling ring for what over a year. 
Do you remember he uh, came in disguise to a WWE show? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> He's just a master at getting his name out there. And he and he is a brilliant promo. He is a brilliant promo. Yes. You can't take that away from him. Have you seen he has got this big folder of ideas? Uh huh. He's, he's done a lot of interviews where he's taken this folder of ideas just to prove I think he tries to prove how many ideas he has. Like <laughs> it, to me it looks like an Argos catalogue. <laughs> Maybe it is. <laughs> There's only about three pages of A four of ideas in there. The rest of uh, it is uh Barbies and Lego. Yep, and um t- uh, ten tog duvet covers and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Argos. Have a good <laughs> <laughs> oh dear right <laughs> so uh, two more months to go we're on to May I was talking earlier about the King of Honours tournament that was um, really enjoyed that we got a lot of different fresh talent coming over I can't remember their name but they they're an Irish trio and some of their moves they basically do Transformers where they they all sort of go on each other's shoulders and stuff like that. Can oh, you really? Were well, they from OTT? Uh huh. I'm not. I'm not big on OTT. Um, I, I know, but I think they're quite. The Kings of the North were in it as well. Um, Irish stable. I need to. I need to quickly. Is it party something party? Very young boys. Mm. I think I've I think I've heard Deck wax lyrical about them on the uh, on the Five Nerds podcast, but uh-huh. um, I tend to shut off when he's waxing lyrical about it. Yeah, <laughs> 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 you know, I put Irish stable wrestling into Google, and the first result was the League of Nations. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to get like the, the Irish Stable Wrestling Federation, where uh, they they just go wrestling horse muck. My lovely horse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, this is going off the rails quite quickly. Yes, isn't it? Maybe... Uh, I'll, I'll quickly drop him a message and try and get get the answer for you. Uh huh. Oh, what are they called? Anyway, it's quite a few different wrestlers from around Britain came in for the King of Honours tournament, and it was won by the Purge and BT Gun. It was the the six man tag final. It's one of those ones, it's one of my matches of the year, and I feel as if it's a shame that it was tucked away on ICW, which doesn't have a big audience, and it doesn't have the, the tight ropes and the bigger ring, because I think if this was seen by more people, it would be seen as sort of one of the work rate contenders of the year. It was excellent. So, when you find out the name of that group, let me know. One of them's got long hair. That might help. Okay, right. I'm, I'm, I'm on it. But the the highlights I've got from May are Double or Nothing, was that that year? Nothing was May, yeah. yeah uh, John Moxley's debut. Mm-hmm. And the, for a while, the greatest title in the world, the 24-7 title. Of course, I, I I was meaning to put that down, and then I I forgot to look what month it was in, so I didn't put it down mm-hmm. at all. Is that just gone now? Uh, a, a NASCAR champion won it on Raw, but I think Artruth won it back again. <laughs> um, I don't have a clue who the NASCAR person is at all. 
only know Dale Earnhardt, and I can tell you if he's if he's living or dead or if just, he's even a NASCAR driver. I might have made you that. <laughs> I just know Will Ferrell from uh, Talladega Nights, but that's it. Um, the most famous NASCAR driver of all time is uh, Will Ferrell. But in the early days, when you things like when Jinder Mahal was asleep on the plane going to Saudi Arabia and Artruth's crawling through the plane when everyone's kidding on to sleep and he does a, a roll-up, the, the roll-up from Jinder on the golf course. I thought that was just an excellent use of social media as well. Uh, all the hits that they got on Twitter and YouTube, it became very popular very quickly. It has dwindled as you've sort of gotten on to there, but at the time it was white hot and it was such a, a such a laugh it was, it, it was immediately ridiculed and then within about a week like you said because of the because because of the social media presence and because of our truth let's be honest uh it everyone everyone's opinion on it completely changed around and suddenly it was the hottest segment of every week uh-huh it was great i loved it uh, is, is it more than hype more than hype there yes. you go <laughs> five minutes ago came good Thank you. Was it Matt? Um, you, yeah, you know it was Matt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, so, Double or Nothing. What were your thoughts on it? I really enjoyed Double or Nothing. Right. Um, uh, I think we, you had a. You obviously had the um, the Rhodes Brothers, didn't you? That. Um, yes, the, that was a really good match. Their emotional kind of match uh match there um which can kind of become an, an iconic match already hated the sledgehammer bit obviously at the beginning where uh cody took a sledgehammer oh, to uh boy. triple h's throne oh that was cringeworthy but the match was great um you had young bucks versus lucha brothers which is not a uh not an uncommon sight but <laughs> <laughs> best of seven series so. yeah <laughs> but um, that, that was a really good match on the night, and um, Omega vs Jericho for the title. And like I said, with uh, with um, Moxley making his appearance at the end, which I we just we've just discussed it on Badlands. I I genuinely didn't believe Moxley was joining AEW. I I, I thought it was all a work by WWE. See, Ricky thought the exact same. Ricky still thinks it's a work. <laughs> In, in private group chats, you'll still say it's still a work. It's still a work. <laughs> yeah, I've I've, I've 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 changed my mind now. I, I don't really know how how it could still be a work, but um, uh-huh. but yeah, until he until he jumped that barrier, I I was convinced WWE had orchestrated the uh-huh. whole thing. The the uh, Cody Dustin match was excellent. I didn't enjoy the main event match. The, the whole Moxley thing was a big shock. That was interesting. But compared to the Wrestle Kingdom match that Omega and Jericho had, I thought this paled in comparison. There was a few big botches, felt lethargic, and full disclosure, I haven't actually watched anything AEW since. So um, the July to December retrospective will be pretty um, silent for me, probably. <laughs> um, but the obviously that was quite a, a statement that was made that night with Obviously, Cody in the Sledgehammer and John Moxley, he dropped that big podcast as well on Jericho's show, which of course, got, yeah. that was just soundbite after soundbite. Just traction. And it just went on, that basically went on into June as well, and it was just, 
that that sort of set the wheels in motion in June. Moxley went to New Japan as well as AEW. Yeah. Um, and he'd announced as well that he would be at the G1. And the sort of fans had had their first proper taste of what kind of like we'll, we'll add all in into this just for the sake of argument. Um, what AEW will bring to the table, and it kind of started this tit for tat name calling that we've got on Twitter now, which has just grown arms and legs and is awful, awful stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've I've not watched a lot of AEW since it all launched. Right. Um, I, I was I was like I said um, after, after their stunt in January where they ruined two Wrestle Kingdom matches for me that was a bad start uh-huh. um, Double or Nothing I enjoyed and it kind of got me on board a little bit I didn't actually like the Moxley podcast I didn't think that I I, I don't like the, the kind of discourse that generated and the anti-WWE stuff that that generated mm-hmm. and I just felt it was a, a tiny bit unprofessional well, it wasn't even a tiny bit I think it was quite unprofessional on on his part um, uh-huh. and then, like you say, it's it's the tit for tat, and and of I know it's only a vocal minority of the AEW fan base, but it's very difficult to it's loud it's to loud. tolerate. It's, yeah, it's a minority, but it's loud. And the Moxley podcast, we touched on this earlier. The whole Dean Ambrose heel turn just wasn't handled well. And I agreed with that with him on that there. But he went through a lot of his time in WWE and attacked it and he kind of attacked what I like about Dean Ambrose and I just felt as if he was attacking my opinion and thought, it doesn't actually sit well with me. You gave me a lot of joy over the years. Um, your stuff with AJ, Seth, uh, Miz, the Shield reunions and stuff like that, a lot of joy, but it just seemed to shit all over it and kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah, and I've, I've for me, I, I felt a lot of times when I was watching um, Dean Ambrose, particularly t- t- towards the end, there w- there was a lack of effort there, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like as a football fan, if you're seeing a player not, <laughs> uh, you're, you're visibly not putting effort in, you just really go off them really quick, and I yeah. felt that way about. Um, Dean Ambrose at the time, because even if he was un, even if he's unhappy with how things were and he had leaving on his mind, I still think he should be putting in uh-huh. the effort and seeing his contract out. But yeah, that's, was, that's that's all water under the bridge now. It is. There's only one other thing I have in June, and it was quite a, a sad one. At time of recording, it is the fourth of December, and a year and two days ago, uh, a certain Lionheart of ICW became for the first time the world champion at Fear and Loathing and tragically he took his life in June and it was um, just shocking and stunned and struggling to find words for it now. Sometimes they'll make reference to it on their shows and Mark Dallas was talking about his contribution to a BBC documentary that they did, ICW, sort of finding the next ICW wrestler. Yeah. And it was just quite touching. They did that at the Fear and Loathing this year. Just very sad. And then they had the the following tapings, big tribute in the ring. It was just quite a hard time for fans of ICW and wrestlers. But to see so many wrestling fans and wrestlers themselves out with UK, um, showing support and love and even donating towards the Lionheart Fund was 
quite a moving time. So in amongst all the shit with AEW versus WWE becoming a big thing, the Lionheart was very sad, but the community came together and it was a very emotional time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, unfortunately, I'm not. I wasn't familiar with his work. I, I knew uh-huh. of it. I knew of him. Um, but f- for me, what spoke volumes is the amount of of um, good words that were spoken about him from the from the wrestlers themselves. Yeah. And you, you wrestlers from right across the spectrum, uh, quite uh, quite you know famous um, worldwide famous wrestlers as well. Uh-huh. Uh, he clearly left a, a, a big impact on a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and it, it's rare you see such an outpouring as that. Yeah. So I didn't mean to sort of end this podcast episode on a low note. So if you've got anything you want to add to Jim, um, we can have some fun with the quiz to brighten things up a bit. Well, I just want to add in June. I asked you earlier, do you go to many wrestling shows? For me, 2019 has been a mild explosion of going to wrestling shows. I didn't used to used to go um, just because of family circumstances. Really, I never had the opportunity to go. Um, but you know, start, you know, starting with Wrestle Kingdom in January. Since then, I've started um, going to our local show, which was um, Southside Wrestling. And um, June was the first first month. I uh, went along to Southside Wrestling, loved it. It's since been bought by Revolution Pro Wrestling. That's right, Rev Pro. Um, so it's quite exciting that, that Rev Pro is going to be be down the road um, from from now on in 2020. Uh, so I'm look, looking looking forward to taking that in and it, it was a really good first show i went to i, I saw um um a standout match was uh shanna who's now make, kind of making waves in AEW. she's become quite popular quite quickly in AEW mm-hmm. um versus melina from uh from uh wwe back oh, in oh that melina yeah when was uh must have been the mid 2000s i would have oh, thought god i'm not i can't remember i think she was in the was she in a Mania 20, uh, 2011 with John Morrison? Yeah, yeah. But um, she, she's still a fantastic wrestler. Is is the, is is my take home from that show? And and they had mm-hmm. they had a great match. And like I said it really sold me on Southside. Um, it's a shame it's shame it's gone. Um, in the current climate in the UK, a lot of companies are going, and it's mm-hmm. it's sad to see. Um, but. Looking forward to seeing a lot of Rev Pro in the, in the new year. It seems to be quite cent, not centralised, but localised because there are t- um, companies that are going under, but the northeast seems to be doing quite well. Yeah, northeast are doing quite well. I think L- London's doing well as well. Um, uh-huh. It's weird that it's certain pockets that aren't doing as well. Yeah, and I don't really know the reason. Um, Obviously, WWE uh, NXT UK launched this year, but mm-hmm. th- would that really have the effect of See, stealing a lot of the audience? I don't know. I don't know because, again, I can't speak much for England or Wales, but Joe Coffey still does um, like town centre, community centre shows and stuff like that, and it might not be everyone's favourite, but He's thought of highly by Triple H. You can see that with how high he is in the card and the other Gallus guys. Yeah. Um, a lot of the Scottish wrestlers, and there are loads of them on NXT UK, uh, very busy up in Scotland. So I, I don't know. There's, it's not because there's that whole thing about, oh, they're not allowed to wrestle anywhere. 
unless they're associated or affiliated with WWE, for instance, ICW or Progress, but still plenty of dates going on. Yeah, I mean, I think that is a factor. Um, when again, I went to a Southside show last, the Southside's final show last month, and um, and they had several WWE UK talent booked for that show. They were bought by Rev Pro prior to mm-hmm. that show, who yes. are affiliated with New Japan, and suddenly all of those WWE wrestlers were were pulled. So I, I think it, I think it is having an effect. And, and thankfully, Cody came in, and uh, Cody Rhodes came in, and. With his Suppli- big sledgehammer, supplied some talent with his big sledgehammer. Yeah, <laughs> except it was a it was a cherry picker, not a sledgehammer this time. Yeah, just dropping NJF in in the ring. Bit <laughs> <He> regrets <laughs> that now. <laughs> right, so we've done. I'm not sure exactly how long we went, but I think we've covered the sort of major talking points from the first half of 2019. So, Paul, I'm going to quiz you now on oh, your. Dear your oh knowledge of the first half of the year. And I have heard some of the, the Badlands and Five Nerds Go quizzes. So, so good you, luck. You know I cripple under pressure. <laughs> like, <Yep. laughs> very badly, like spinach. Yep. Uh, all, all ten questions are about Vince McMahon, so you'll get zero right. Cause... <laughs> I no idea who he is. <laughs> no idea. Right, so, number one. Enzo and Cass invaded the G1 Supercard and started brawling with which tag team? That would be the... Was it the Briscoes? It was. Uh, At which New Japan pay-per-view did Jay White become the IWGP heavyweight champion? That was the new beginning. Correct. Two out of two. Number three... Who did Velveteen Dream beat in the final of the Royal Rumble Weekend World Collide Tournament? Oh, oh that's tough. Um, Donovan Dijak? <laughs> Dominic Dijak? That sounds quite French, not Croatian. Uh, <laughs> I'll give you a clue. Um, well... I won't give you a clue, but I must ask you the question again. Who did Velveteen Dream beat in the final of the World Collide Tournament? Is that a clue? Uh-huh. <laughs> I must ask you a question. Must- mustache? Oh, um, was it Trent Seven? The other, the other one. The other one? Tyler Bate? Correct, well done. <laughs> now... You're not allowed to text uh, Matt for this one. But in Progress Chapter 87, Aussie Open won the tag team titles in a TLC match against which tag team? Uh, The Swords of Essex. Well done. Uh, For those unfamiliar, these Swords of Essex are? Will Ospreay. And I believe in this occasion it was Paul Robinson. Yep, correct. Um. Number five. Yep, five. In which town did AEW infamously hold their first rally-style press conference just across the road from where SmackDown was being held? Oh. Las Vegas? Nope. I'll give you another. I'll, I'll give you a clue. Um... Ah. 
It's the town where Michael, Tito, Janet and Co. grew up. Ah, uh, Jacksonville. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Motown. <laughs> right, <laughs> number seven. I don't know if it is number seven. I might have got the numbers wrong, but hey-ho. There are ten questions here. Kofi's journey towards WrestleMania history began in an Elimination Chamber match at the pay-per-view of the same name. Name the other five participants in that Chamber match. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Obviously, Daniel Bryan. Samoa Joe was in there. AJ Styles? Three out of three so far. Who else is in there? Must have been a big guy in there. I guess Samoa Joe was the big guy. Who else would have been in there? Um, oh yeah, uh, Rowan. Nope. Ah. I'm draw- um, Nakamura. Nope. Would you like some clues? Yeah, go on. Uh, one of them is um, he likes a good maga. <laughs> he likes a good maga. Uh-huh. Uh He he would like to make America great again. Yeah. And the other one... Uh... Ziggler in it? Sorry? Was Ziggler? No. No. Uh, the other one... Make... Who's... Who's MAGA? He, he likes to play computer games on Twitch and get in trouble for it. Oh, Orton. 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 And the other one... Um, should let his brother drive cars. Oh. Oh, oh. Well, one of the Usos. No. No. Oh, one of the Hardys? Yeah. Jeff. Hardy. Jeff. Yes. <laughs> Just go through my list of uh, people who've had DUIs. Yep. <laughs> right. Number eight. I don't know if this is number eight. I'll just go through the questions. I felt like I was doing really well, and now I'm starting to now I'm starting to wilt. It's coming. Uh, what was the name of the WWE pay per view in May this year? Uh, was it um, I'm looking at my notes it's not on there um, was it Stomping Grounds correct uh, who won the Twitter came for me on Stomping the most popular pop, well not popular but most unpopular I've ever been on Twitter was because of Stomping Grounds because it was getting panned mm. and I had I dared to say I dared to post the card and say actually this is a really good card. I'm really looking forward to it. And they came for me. Oh. <laughs> My notifications went crazy like they've never gone crazy before. I really enjoyed it. That was the Roman versus Drew McIntyre, wasn't it? It's a really good show. It was. Uh, no, no, I was not popular. Well, I wish I wish we were friends then because I would have come to your defence. <laughs> a, f- a few did, but I definitely the minority. Aye. So... <clears throat> Oh, who won the 2019 Women's Money in the Bank briefcase? Ooh. Oh, I should know this, shouldn't I? Um... Oh, dear, I don't know. Was it Asuka? It was not. I'll give you a clue, but it will... Uh... Give the game away. She cashed in the same night. 
Uh, it's completely gone. Alexa? No. Uh, what else? She, she currently has a soccer mom hairdo. <laughs> AJ Styles? <laughs> oh, Bailey. Yes, oh, Bailey. Bailey. Come on. Wake up. Right, a second last question. I feel as if I've asked you about 20 questions. That, that's, that's just how painful it is watching. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the second last one. Who was unsuccessful in their NXT women's title match at TakeOver New York from this year? So WrestleMania weekend. Kyrie. Same. And? Oh, was there two? Oh, So obviously, obviously Shayna won it. Mm-hmm. Kyrie Sane, I've... she tapped. Was it Yoshirai? And I oh, was it four. It oh. was four. <laughs> oh no! Um... Oh, who could it be? Um, the uh... oh, I can't remember. Um, Candice Lerae. It was not Candice LeRae. Her, her initials for both names are the same initial. Bianca Belli? Correct. Last one. Jonathan Moxley won the N-Jubble Jew. I nearly said double Jew there. NJPW US title in his debut at the Battle of Super Juniors final. There were nine matches that night. What number on the card was this match? <laughs> oh. Right. That was probably... Right, so... Best of Super Juniors was the main event. According to my notes, it was 5th of June. Um... I you say it was nine matches? Yes. I think it was seventh. Oh. Sixth. Oh no no, you're cold. Was it was it eighth? It was yes, according to uh, Cage Match. I think it was Cage Match okay. dot something. I thought it was a bit um a bit further down the card than that. I know I was. I mean, I, I don't watch New Japan all the time, but I was quite surprised to see it so high up. Um, so I was surprised that, that even though it's best of Super Juniors final, they don't. I think they don't usually have the best of the Super Juniors final main eventing. So I remember being uh-huh. surprised that actually Osprey and and um, uh, oh, I've forgotten his name, Takagi were were actually mm-hmm. headlining, uh, which was good. And then I thought they thought it must have been in the Carter match before them, but no. Oh, I've so started so well. Well, that's the thing. You you did get some help, I will admit, but you got nine out of ten, which is <laughs> that's, a very, that's a that's a very generous nine out of ten. Uh huh. I'll take it. I, oh, I take it and and tell everyone that you got ninety percent in your wrestling IQ for the first half of the year. No one's going to believe that. <laughs> so, Paul, thank you very much for coming on tonight it's been a joy talking with you would you like to drop your plugs 
and should stand be, on them and hurt your feet. This should be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, obviously, we, we mentioned that mentioned at the front there from um, five nudes go. Um, we're at five nudes go, and we podcast very infrequently. Um, <laughs> sometimes talk about wrestling. Most of the times we talk about other stuff. Maybe uh, do a do a three hour long quiz now and again. So if that's your kind of thing. Come and check us out on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Acast. Uh, and then, obviously, coming up on part two of 2019, you've got my podcast wife, uh, Darren, Darren coming on, and we do Badlands together. We've been doing it for about probably oh, must be doing it for nine months now. It's great fun. If you've not heard it, it's what I love about Badlands is a very positive outlook podcast. Yeah. And we talk about Basically, Mount Rushmore's, so your four favourite or four best ever of something. And we do an overall, every guest who comes on, because um, we have a weekly guest, and every guest who comes on gives us their, their four greatest wrestlers of all time. And we're currently collating that into a into an overall Mount Rushmore of the greatest wrestlers of all time. And then we'll talk about another topic. So, for instance, recently we've, we've done the, the greatest debuts of all time. Um, and the uh, the greatest musics of all time. So come along, check that out. We're at Badlands Pod. You can find us on um, thecheershot.com. Um, my personal handle on Twitter is at Raincounter. So um, yeah, come along, uh, have a listen. Hope you hope hope you hope that sounds like a bit of you. Yeah, I can't recommend these podcasts enough. They're, one of them's very positive and good fun chat about wrestling, and the other one is just. Pure nonsense, but I absolutely love it. So, get listening to those. Um, we, so, with regards to ourselves, this is the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show, part of the Social Suplex Podcast Network. You have other shows such as One Nation Radio, Keeping It Strong Style, Grown Men Watch This Shit, Get In The Ring, and All Things Elite. Uh, head over to the podcast app of your choice and give us a lovely five-star review. Head over to powerslam.tv. I remembered it this time. <laughs> uh, with this, the promo code Social Suplex to get 6,000 hours of wrestling from around the world free for a month. Also, prowrestlingtees.net do regular 20% deals on t shirts. And if you head to the Social Suplex page, we've got a few there for you. We're at the Wrestling Square Circle Facebook group uh, on Facebook, obviously. And we are at Ricky and Clive on Twitter. Don't forget also to get all the social suplex content. There's an Instagram account now this week, fresh off the off the rails. Or... <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's a new Instagram for social suplex. That's all you need to know. Um, nice uh, filtered pictures. Uh-huh. The, uh-huh. Uh, the little angel one and the, the puppy dog eye one. And the, the cat whiskers thing. Yeah. So if you want to see us with whiskers, then go to livejasmine.com instead but that's a different <laughs> website right ladies and gentlemen thank you very much I, and I will continue tonight but I will speak to you all next week enjoy your week and good night thank you for listening to the Ricky and Clive wrestling podcast we'll see Excellent. you next time right, I'll press stop when I can that was great fun thank you no thank you your uh, your list of podcasts sound, sounded like um Send like horse racing commentary.